0: Hi, this is J.P. Mack, and welcome to Liberty relearn not just another conservative blog. And this is J.P. Mack, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to continue on with our discussion about uh, the psychology of totalitarianism by Matthias Desmet. Now, for those of you who've been following along, you know that... Uh, the psychology of totalitarianism has to do with mass formations, or what some call uh, mass formation psychosis or mass hysteria. And so these are all um, the elements of this mass formation phenomenon. And of course, mass formation—the mass formation phenomenon—occurs um, in many different ways. In the 20th century, it manifested itself as like the communist revolution, or the uh, fascism. And so, what, these, um, what Matthias Desmet is uh, concerned about in particular, um, as the name of his book would suggest, is how mass formations uh, lead to the advancement of totalitarian regimes. And so we're going to uh, take a look at those elements, and one element in particular. Now, according to Matthias Desmet in his book *The Psychology of Totalitarianism*, there are four conditions needed to form a large-scale mass formation. First is generalized loneliness. Now, in the era of the internet and, in particular, of social media, um, people report um, more often uh, feeling lonely and isolated. Um, ironically even in the age of uh, social media Uh, the second is a lack of meaning of life now you may have noticed that um, there has been a war on religion for several decades now Uh, becomes most acute this time of year this time of year as I'm uh, making the podcast is Christmas time and so Uh, Going back to the 90s and early 2000s, it seemed like every year there was um, somebody was trying to keep someone from putting up a nativity display somewhere in um, a public space or even in front of a church. And so we went through over a decade of fighting those battles, and of course not it's worth noting that uh, Karl Marx in his communist manifesto describes the need to do away with religion. Um, he thought that religion would be replaced with his ideology of Marxism. Of course, he didn't call it that. Of course, he called it socialism or, or communism. But anyhow, he felt that uh, the communist revolution would replace religion in the minds of the public. And so you have the lack of meaning of life. Um, because for most people, um, there's a couple things that give life their meaning. One is religion, the other is, is family. And of course, those two have been under constant assault for lo these many decades. And so you have that one. Uh, The next one is a feeling of free-floating anxiety and psychological unease, as uh, Desmond puts it. And this, of course, is a kind of decentralized fear or dread or concern about the future, maybe not focused on a single thing. And what I talked about um, in... A couple episodes of the dystopic journal and of the liberty relearn podcast is we discussed how free-floating anxiety contributes um, to the feelings and really are a main contributor to the totalitarian mass formation and then the fourth is a lot of free-floating aggression Of course, um, you can look around anywhere nowadays uh, for free floating aggression. You have, of course, the mass shootings, high profile mass shootings. You had um, uh, just about a year ago today, a year ago this month, um, someone ran their SUV into a parade, a Christmas parade. Uh, Apparently, the, the person. And something against Christians in particular and so and then you have of course the riots and the looting and such uh, that, that happened around the George Floyd protests in 2020 and there's also been rooting and rioting uh, before and since then for various causes um, so you have those um, four conditions that I think we can all um, agree that are amply met in today's society, particularly in, in certain segments of society. You have the generalized loneliness. You have the lack of meaning of life. You have free-floating anxiety and psychological unease and a lot of free-floating aggression. And so these are the four conditions that Desmond says are required to... To create a large scale mass formation, such as totalitarianism or any of its variants, fascism or communism. And so, of course, a lot of these are, well, all of them, are what the left are after. And so, I'm going to um, read you this article. And uh, you'll, you, I think you'll sense immediately how it relates back to these conditions, particularly one of them. Um, so I'm not going to spoil it yet. I'm going to let you try and guess, and then we're going to talk about it. So here in this article, it comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it's by Christina Lila, Lila, and from December 10th, 2022, if you want to look it up, and it's called uh, New York City Mask Advisory Back Amid Rise in Tridemic Cases, COVID-19, Flu, and RSV. And it goes on to say, New York City health officials are, quote, strongly urging residents to wear face masks indoors or among crowds as, quote, Tridemic cases rise. Pandemic is out. Tridemic is in. NYC, New York City, is facing high levels of COVID-19, flu, and RSV. RSV is a respiratory um, condition. Um, it's, from what I understand, it's basically something from uh, akin to the cold. Uh, as a matter of fact, I couldn't tell you what the difference is really uh, between an RSV and a cold. Uh, so far as I know, I'm not a doctor, but so far as I know, there is little or no difference. But they're calling it an RSV, um, and so, and it goes. The story goes on to say that this is n- not a mandate; it is just a quote advisory for now and it's coming from one of the person's coming from is the commissioner of uh new york city health um is dr ashvin vesson if i get his name correctly and he, he says while respiratory viruses are spreading at high levels in new york city there are common sense ways to protect yourself and your loved ones this holiday season vaccination boosters Wearing a mask indoors or among crowds and staying home if you don't feel well. And it goes on to uh, show this COVID-19 advisor coming from NYC Health with NYC New York Health Department. It says, COVID-19 advisory. Everyone should wear a mask at all times when in an indoor public setting, including inside stores, offices, lobbies, hallways, elevators, public transportation, schools, child care facilities, and other public shared spaces in crowded outdoor settings. If you're sick and unable to separate from others, such as when traveling to and from a health care provider, picking up groceries, and when in shared living spaces, if you are positive for COVID-19, Wear a high-quality mask, such as a KN95 or KF94 or an N95 respirator for additional protection. Now, just as an aside here, um, so the, this is a, an advisory. And, but it, they say uh, this is not a mandate, it's a quote, a, advisory. Now, we all know in, the, in this world particularly you know, New York City, you know, it's a blue city in a blue state in particular. You know, when an authoritarian hears the word advisory or suggestion or recommendation, they hear mandate. And so when authoritarian hears a recommendation, they hear mandate and act Accordingly, and they make up rules for everybody else to follow. Okay, getting back to the article. Uh, NBC New York reported, In the face of high levels of COVID-19 flu and RSV cases, New York City's health officials have issued an advisory strongly urging New Yorkers to use masks. New York City Health Commissioner Dr. Ashvin Vassin says that the rise in respiratory viruses in the is the reason as to why the city's health office is recommending not only the use of masks, but also vaccinations and boosters. And so again, we said, you know, what starts out as a recommendation quickly becomes a mandate, particularly to authoritarians. and and so that's the article uh gives you basically almost in any circumstance when you're out in public uh you should wear a mask now of course um during the the heart of the COVID 19 epidemic uh, a year or so ago that was pretty much the way most majority of states or at least half the states had some sort of mandatory mask use, and they're trying to reinstate it here um but what the part I want to um, that that causes me to take notice is and they kind of hint at it here a couple of uh times in the article, so. Let me, let me read the first part again. New York City health officials are, quote, strongly urging residents to wear face masks indoors or among crowds as, quote, tridemic cases rise. Pandemic is out. Tridemic is in. NYC is facing high levels of COVID-19 flu and RSV. And so notice the use of the coining of this word tridemic which is really not a real word they just coined it they coined the phrase um it talks about covid-19 RSV and flu um we all know what covid-19 and flu are RSV um for all I gather um being a layman is basically could be bronchitis or uh, the common cold, okay? And so, so think about um, a couple of years ago when, like I said, mask mandates were widespread, even outside of the cities, almost everywhere. If you lived in a blue state, you were subject to some sort of mask mandate. Um, And they only ended in, um, I would say, late 2021, sometimes early 2022 in some states. And so they're using, they're calling this term tridemic. Now, why are they doing that? Because COVID-19 cases are, well, they're rising and falling, but the deaths are consistently been falling. And this has happened over a protracted period of time now. And that's not just in this country, that's in most of the rest of the world. COVID-19, basically causing less deaths per incidence. Now, overall, because it's causing so many cases, you know, in some cases, uh, the death deaths are rising. Um, but the deaths per case or per incidence has been falling. Because, of course, you have these attenuated uh, strains of COVID-19, they're not quite as deadly as the previous ones. They're more, maybe more contagious, more infectious, but they're less uh, deadly. And so COVID-19 hasn't really been a problem or that sets itself apart, let's say, over and above that of, say, the the flu, and certainly not over colds. So what they're doing here in New York City is they're trying to repackage and recycle uh, the COVID nineteen fears, and they're so they're adding flu and RSV uh, to that um, to make it seem more potent. Now, of course, every year, whether, you know, before COVID-19 in the northeastern part of the United States, or really most of the United States, and most of the world, particularly in the western hemisphere, um, you have a uh, cold and flu season. You have that every year starts in pretty much in fall, late fall, and goes until uh, pretty much the the entire winter so all the cold months the four or five coldest months of the year that's generally what we refer to as the cold and flu season so somewhere around october november going to uh february march in that time frame is is the cold and flu season in northern hemisphere of course in places like australia it's reversed because they have their cold seasons in our summer um, so, but they don't believe that COVID-19 in and of itself no longer has enough power among the ordinary person. So they need to combine it with COVID-19 and and flu and RSV. So of course that will jack up their numbers, their hospitalization numbers, et cetera, in cases. And so it makes you seem like there's more of something when really... It's probably the same amount um but because we're norm we're normally talking about cold and flu season not covid nineteen or prior to the advent of covid nineteen um co- you know cold and flu season was never too much it was never enough in the united states at least to uh warrant anybody putting on a mask if you Prior to 2020, if you had put on a mask uh, during cold and flu season, people would have looked at you strange or maybe laughed at you. Um, But since February, March of 2020, that's changed. Um, Now, the, the wearing of masks has been normalized. And that, of course, I would say is mainly a product of the authoritarian left. Um, but we could argue that point, but that's what I believe. And I think that's, there's plenty of evidence to support that notion. And so you have this thing, um, like I said, COVID-19 people have lost their fear of COVID-19. At least most people have, and they've gone on with their lives and now, you know, we're you know, kind of living with COVID-19, you know, it's, it's a fact of life now for, for most people. Um, but you have the authoritarians, they are all about control, of course, you know, as the name authoritarian would suggest. And so they want you as a symbol of your recon- recognition, of their authority, of their expertise, they want you to do things like wear a mask and get vaccinated. And that, of course, um, leading back to um, when I talked about the beginning of the podcast, you have this totalitarian mass formation. Now, again, let's um, review the... uh, the conditions required to have a, a large-scale mass formation: those are generalized loneliness, lack of meaning of life, free-floating anxiety and psychological unease, and a lot of free-floating aggression. Now, of course, we talked about the first two: generalized loneliness um, at the advent of it, it social media. That only has exasperated that thing. People are more connected, yet we are more isolated than ever. Uh, lack of meaning of life. Of course, we have decades-long uh, assault on religion, and particularly in this season, you know, being the holiday season, on um, Christmas. So you have so-called war on Christmas, which we can claim to have won, to the degree that we've won the war on Christmas, it's only because we've settled so many lawsuits in the United States, and we won them uh, for the most part that they've really run out of uh, excuses to sue people over over nativity scenes. So we won, despite persistent and you know through the grace of God and our Constitution and our First Amendment, we were able to. Um, with the aid of the courts, uh, win this war on Christmas. But it's still out there, obviously. Um, And Christmas is still where the war, generalized war on religion, that the leftists have for over a century now. We now um, see this most acutely during the holidays. And it'll probably pick up steam as we get closer to holidays right now. Uh, We're in the second week of December, and of course it is the cold and flu season, and that's why New York City was giving this advisory out. So, I think now you probably figured out uh, which of these four is connected to this story, this this COVID-19 advisory uh, telling you. Instructing you to take these steps of wearing a mask. And that would be the third one, the free-floating anxiety and psychological unease. And so I would suggest at least part of the reason that they're putting these things out is to create more free-floating anxiety among the people so that the conditions are right for their mass formation to continue. Remember, Desmet um, says that it takes these four when it, um, working in sort of a, a synergistic way with each other that allows mass formations like fascism, Nazism, communism to flourish. Okay, now we're, we're having our own 21st century versions of these things. And so now they've invented this term. Which gives us one more thing to worry about, one more thing to add to our free floating anxiety. Okay. And so I think you can see now where I'm leading with this discussion is that, and you, know, you don't have to take my word for it. Um, if you've been around, been paying attention, you know that there's less and less anxiety regarded. Regarding COVID 19 in particular. And so the left sees their mass formation uh, petering out uh, due in large part to an insufficient or a waning uh, levels of the third element, the free floating anxiety element or the fear element. Okay, there's still lots of floating aggression. And, of course, if you have enough of the first three, you're always going to have some sort of free-floating aggression. Because some people can only uh, deal with their anxiety through expressing it through aggression and violence. Uh, You see that, of course, with Antifa and other groups and the rioters in general in, in 2020 in particular. And so you had that... And, of course, lack of meaning in life, they pretty much um, have that one in the bag. They continue with their war on religion. And that uh, war on religion, whether it's planned or not to be so, contributes to this mass formation which they use to control people. Um, and, of course, generalized loneliness um, You see all this coming to a head now in the age of social media where people are more connected yet more socially isolated, ironically. But the one element that had been waning, at least recently, was the free-floating anxiety or the fear level. Now, you may notice, or you may have noticed uh, a couple months ago when they were talking about monkeypox. I believe monkeypox... Was an attempt to keep that level up, so that when as the levels of fear re- regarding to a COVID nineteen went down, they needed something to replace that fear, and that became monkeypox. Uh, it also became the war in Ukraine, which I'll talk about uh, a little bit more. And now um, they know they can't get enough of mileage, enough fear out of COVID-19 alone, um, because it's taking its natural course, and we're developing better and better treatments and remedies for it at the same time, and so COVID-19 is petering out as a condition of fear, and so it's not doing the same useful job for the authoritarians that it was. So now they're wrapping it up with what they call this tridemic of COVID-19, flu and RSV, and so you have that, and now, and so now you can see, um, and like I said, I probably said it way months ago, even a year ago, that once COVID-19 is over, it's going to re- be replaced with something else, uh, it's going to be bird flu, or you know, they took a shot at monkeypox, that didn't really work. Um, so they're, they're going back to COVID-19, and they're adding in the flu and the cold uh, for good measure to increase that, those levels back up of fear and anxiety where the uh, autocrats need them to be in order to keep this totalitarian mass formation going. And also, as I mentioned... Um, you know, you have this war in the Ukraine, which, of course, the powers in the West have really done nothing to stop. Um, this is a little bit more complicated matter. Obviously, there's more, a little more nuanced to it because, yes, Putin is basically a bad person, and yes, he did annex a country that he was not at war with. He started a, a war with a country he was not at war with at the time with Ukraine and so he's annexing parts of Ukraine and uh, before that he annexed Georgia right uh, or parts of Georgia to Russia and so he's trying to do that with Ukraine And so you have that element where you know he clearly is the villain in all this particularly by Western standards But, um, how much have we done in the West really to end the war or pursue peace? Now again, this is a little bit more complicated and nuanced subject because I said that I would think that there is some reason, there is some reasonable um, cause to support the Ukrainians. And as you know, fighting off the aggression of the Russians, but nonetheless, you know, as the Democrats say, never leave a crisis go to waste. Um, So they're using this to perpetuate fears. And if you may, you may may have noticed if you're in social media at all. You're seeing things for, like, iodine tablets and cures, and I've seen recently ones for gas mass. Um, it seems kind of um taking these precautions against a nuclear attack. Okay, and of course, when it comes to the idea of nuclear war, um, our president, President Biden, hasn't really done anything to dissuade those fears. And as a matter of fact, he's kind of val—he's doing what he can to validate those fears. And so, as we al- already discussed, you know, you have this tridemic that they're calling it to keep up these levels of um, free-floating anxiety amongst the populace to keep keep the mass formation going. To keep the ground fertile. Um, Causing fear is like watering the ground in order to get a plant to grow. Okay when it comes to mass formations that's exactly what I would call the equivalent and so fear is the equivalent of watering the soil to make it more fertile to make it uh, in this case the uh, totalitarian mass formation to grow. And when they haven't had sufficient amounts of, through COVID-19, that was doing the job for a while, and the COVID-19 numbers went down, now they're wrapping it up with the flu and the cold also as a way to get you to wear a mask. And of course, wearing a mask just reinforces this mask formation. It gives validity to the fear. And you see someone wearing a mask, you say, oh, well, they must know something I don't. They must know uh, there must be something really uh, to fear here. There must be something here uh, to all of this thing because these people are wearing masks and they weren't before. And so the wearing of the mask in and of itself drives and perpetuates that fear because people say, um, like I said, you know, they, they look at people wearing masks and they say, oh, something must be up. And then you have, as I mentioned, uh, particularly in the war uh, in Ukraine, um, and also one that I've mentioned uh, several times on the pro- on the program is climate change or the climate change alarmism, climate change hysteria in particular. And that is an element of fear, the free-floating anxiety element required for a mass formation. Uh, totalitarian mass formation and so you had that That predates since well since the 60s 70s and 90s 80s and 90s you've had some sort of climate related fear started out with the Malthusian idea that there's gonna be too many people in the world and there's gonna be mass starvation well that never happened we kept up we kept improving our, our farming methods and so we got we kept ahead uh agriculturally, and were able so far to meet the demands the food supply demands of now eight billion people almost all of the eight billion people in the world have food, and actually relatively few number don't have food to the point where they're starving um, but and you notice that one of the um, really key things that the WEF does, not, not coincidentally, I think not accidentally, is they're dissuading people through the use of ESG, they're dissuading, uh, countries like Sri Lanka, and the Netherlands, and parts of Africa, and also in, um, you know, other parts of Europe, um, they're trying to dissuade them from not just you know go just going solar or not just using uh fossil fuels, but now they want to reduce their nitrogen based fertilizers, which is the key to modern day farming methods. Um because they know they're not stupid, they know that this is gonna cause hunger and starvation, they know that what's gonna ha- what happened in Sri Lanka is a repeatable thing. And they know that people are going to, you know, if you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, if you don't think you have enough food, well, of course, that's going to cause uh, a bit of free-floating anxiety, don't you think? And so, amazingly, they're causing uh, free-floating anxiety over fear because they're, um, Convincing people, duping people, in in this case, entire countries into sabotaging, uh, self-immolating their own agricultural uh, sectors. They destroyed pretty much the country of Sri Lanka. Now they're going after the Dutch and the Canadians. And, of course, the United States won't be far behind. And, of course, the uh, war in Ukraine, along with Russia and Belarus... Along with them, also helps that food shortage, and so that helps with the anxiety that uh, centers around food. And so, really, how much um, you know if there was if there was a way to uh, end the war tomorrow? Uh, how cynical is it to think that maybe we would? Some people would just say, you know what, let's let this thing go. I don't think it'd be over, overly cynical at this point. And once you know how it helps them gain power through their totalitarian mass formation, um, because it's adding to their free floating anxiety, and of course, all of those things um, cause, uh, kind of bleed over, and cause a lot of free floating aggression, and, which spills over sometimes into violence. And so you have that, and so isn't it amazing that um, all of these initiatives—they're um, taking away of the fossil fuels. So winter is coming. Winter is almost here. It's in—it's you know, northern Europe is already here. Northern United States is already here. And so winter is coming soon, and. At the same time, they're telling us to reduce our fossil fuel consumption and production. But in the meantime, we don't have enough wind and solar. We don't have enough um, alternative fuel sources to pick up the slack from our reduction in fossil fuels. So now, people, particularly in parts of Europe, have a real problem on their hands... Uh, where are they going to get their fuel oil from? And of course, uh, Germany has uh, started firing up their nuclear power plants again, and they stopped, um, and they're building more coal plants. Of course, China has been building coal plants all along, so they're not worried about that. But these foolish countries in the West in Europe and in North America in particular, have been, as I said, duped um, through the constant ringing the bell of of climate change alarmism um, to take these irrational measures, these self-immolation measures, uh, um, countries self-destroying their agricultural and energy sectors in particular. And then when you worried about how are you going to uh, have enough fuel oil to keep warm through the winter, and oh my gosh, guess what you have? You have more free-floating anxiety among the populace, which is just uh, very convenient if you are aiming at um, keeping a mass formation, totality mass formation, going. And yes, I'm getting tired of using that expression too. I gotta come up with a synonym for mass formation that doesn't involve mass hysteria or uh, um, mass uh, formation psychosis. But anyhow, uh, be that is as it may, um, yeah, and because they've taken care of pretty much, uh, the internet has taken care of the loneliness part. And they've had a you know over a century now, starting with the Great Enlightenment, and but picking up steam a lot through uh, work of Marx and the uh, promotion of socialism. So you have lacking of meaning of life and lack of your meaning of work um, that the um, that things like family and religion provide so they've taken care of this f- first two things and so they want to keep up the one that was waning that they were worried about was the free-floating anxiety the fear factor and so they're working up and they're u- inventing terms like uh um tridemic and they're introducing more things I'm talking about bird flu and swine flu again and you're going to hear about monkeypox, and you're going to hear about the return of polio and smallpox and everything, and as I predicted uh, years ago when this first thing started, once the once uh, COVID is over, they're going to come up with something new, and so we're going to find out what that is. Then they they keep it's like they keep throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. Okay, uh, monkeypox didn't work. Uh, we're going to try swine flu, bird flu. Um, pretty soon they're going to get back to hoof and mouth disease and all those things that we, you know, revisit SARS, you know, whatever it is, um, they're just going to throw and they're going to invent, reinvent, repackage the common cold and bronchitis as, uh, respiratory, uh, virus, um, whatever that is. And so they're going to keep you know you can almost see what they're doing they're just um throwing things up the wall just to see what sticks and so their latest thing is the tridemic and so that's why they're they're doing this that that's why and then that you know if once you have those three then it's really easy to stoke a lot of free-floating aggression because you know, once you, you know, your livelihood or your life is on the line, you don't know if you're going to freeze to death in the next couple of days or weeks, or you don't know if you're going to starve to death. Yeah, you're going to start to act out aggressively and even violently. And of course, you know, pretty much every revolution or civil war that's ever been has been caused by... You know, a lot of free-floating aggression, kind of reaching an apex at a critical moment, and then it just explodes. You had the, you know, you had it in the American Civil War. Um, probably historians would say it was the same thing in the English Civil War, and of course World War II and World War One. You know, you have the had these same conditions. Um, Particularly in World War Two, you had the Depression, and you had um, you know people didn't know whether they're they're gonna they were gonna starve or freeze to death or what have you, and so you had these conditions in the twentieth century uh, that caused, in particular, World War Two. Okay, building up, building up, particularly with regards to the Great Depression, and so they build it up and. Um, that caused, that exploded, of course, into World War II, fascism and communism. Um, So it it hit, like, countries like Russia a little bit earlier in the early 1900s and the turn of the 20th century, you know, from the 19th to 20th century. So that happened in Russia at first because they're worried about starving and freezing to death and things like that. And so that caused the Russian Revolution. Then later on, uh, those kind of many of those same factors um, in slightly different forms caused things like continued on communism, expansion of communism and socialism, but also the rise of fascism in the 20th century. And now you have this rise of what you might call eco-fascism, as I, as I like to call it, 21st century version Uh, Synthesis of socialism and good old-fashioned 20th 20th century fascism, maybe without so much of the nationalistic um, element to it. And so you have that. And so now when you see all of these things and when you hear the next thing, um, that's almost become a meme, right? The, like the next thing, it was COVID and then it was monkeypox and then it was climate change and before all that, it was climate change before and now it's the war and so on. And so they have all of these ways to keep this, uh, free, free floating anxiety going. Another other ways economically, uh, I think that'll be the last one I touch on today. Um, you know, you kill people with kindness, you have, well, you know, the primary motive, I guess, with all of the COVID-19 relief and the, the all of these trillions of dollars that have been spent in America in particular in the name of COVID relief and infrastructure, uh, primarily, yeah, it's to, to buy votes from gullible uh, voters. But moreover, kind of as a secondary objective, is the um, is the inflation that they know it's going to cause. Like I said, these people aren't idiots; they know that they're going to have to create money out of thin air. That's going to devalue um, the, the value of each individual unit of currency when you make more units of currency. You know, we all know the basics of inflation. Um, Despite popular beliefs, the uh, left in this country, you know, the Democrats aren't that stupid. Maybe some of the citizens are, but the people who are making the policy, they're not. They, they, I would suggest, they know exactly what they're doing. When they make all these huge funds um, available, make all these huge amounts, you know, they're getting the primary effect of Uh, Buying votes from gullible voters, naive, um, economically illiterate voters, they don't understand they're going to pay three times as much for that money, you know, that COVID-19 check you got uh, a couple years ago, now you've probably paid back two to three times much as you received from the government from those COVID-19 checks, so good job, guys. but I'm not going to be hypocritical in that area and say, you know, I'm on the record of saying, yeah, I'm going to take the money, I'm going to spend it, and but I know I'm going to pay for it uh, later down the road. And that time is now um, with the Biden inflation. But at least some of us knew ahead of time, and we recognize that all these trillions of dollars that are being spent on COVID-19, um, it's going to come up and bite us. Now, you have even more. Spending on infrastructure, you know, so called infrastructure. Only, I think, 9% of the infrastructure bill actually went to actual infrastructure. But, anyhow, so again, primary objective by votes. Secondary objective, almost as important, is the way that the inflation and job loss and things like that adds to, again, the free floating anxiety and generally this general psychological unease or you know what could be called the fear factor you know you don't know how you're going to make ends meet you don't know how you're going to put your kids to school pay their medical bills you're not you may not even know how you're going to uh, pay your mortgage in a uh, few months or even this month and so the more of that uh, that they can get going through inflation um, that adds to their power, and again, we know that um, that helps them develop their totalitarian way. And so, kind of just to review, um, you know, you have Matthias Desmond in his book *The Psychology of Totalitarianism*. He gives us four conditions that are required for a large-scale mass formations that's generalized loneliness lack of meaning of life uh, free floating anxiety and psychological unease and a lot of free-floating aggression and one of the things that they're purposely I think trying to fuel right now is the third one um, with their free-floating anxiety and they have several things going on of course they had already, they had the climate change alarmism, which they feed at every turn, okay, and then they had COVID, this this wonderful gift of COVID that really raised the level of of generalized uh, fear, and so you had the COVID, then you had the war in Ukraine, which, you know, if, unless you're in Ukraine or Russia or nearby, you're not, directly affected by it, but there is, you know, every time there's a major war, there's, it, it increases the generalized amount of anxiety just, just from being, but besides that, it has the indirect effects of threatening our food supply, okay, because, you know, Belarus makes uh, uh, the majority or a huge amount at least of the world's fertilizer okay i think they are they specialize in making saltpeter i believe um of course ukraine is europe's breadbasket. was it was known as the breadbasket basket of soviet union and now it feeds a lot of europe now a lot of that supply the grain supply and food supply coming from ukraine is cut off and of course russia is also um is a big powerhouse when it comes to grain and fuel and food. And so uh, the Russian-Ukrainian war helps to feed your, your free-floating anxiety in that manner by causing um, or threatening to cause food shortages along with just the, the normal... Um, Anxiety that comes along with any war, any large-scale war. And then also indirectly from that, you have the um, the change in the oil supply or the natural gas supply. And now you have people very quickly are going to start becoming afraid of uh, freezing to death in the winter. Okay, and that's going to... Also raise the level of free-floating anxiety particularly in uh, parts of Europe as I mentioned and so those are for the four things and also inflation so you have a, another thing that causes once you, you know you get to the point where you're you don't know how you're going to make ends meet that also inflation causes um, free-floating anxiety, so it's, is it no wonder why you don't see the Biden regime doing very much of anything to fix any of those problems, um, it's, it's no wonder, um, as a matter of fact, they exacerbate that, they, uh, talk about nuclear war, and for the first time, uh, since I was in my 20s, Um, we're talking to, our government is talking about, uh, World War III and nuclear war. And of course you're seeing ads for iodine, um, and for gas masks and things like that. And so I don't think you have to be too cynical to conclude that maybe that this is a PSYOP being, uh, with the intention of doing, um, uh, causing more free-floating anxiety. And so, again, you can call it a uh, conspiracy theory if you want. Uh, most of us who have been paying attention over the last few years in particular know that what's a conspiracy a year or two ago becomes a uh, conspiracy fact. And we're seeing that, what, what's happening in Twitter, you know, um, you know, if you said, yeah, if you claimed you were being shadow banned, your your YouTube site or your Twitter account was being shadow banned, you're not reaching as many people as possible, and you were claiming that, uh, it was because of your conservative views or your libertarian views in it, or your views contrary to what's going on with regards to COVID, um, you know if you claim that you're being showed shadow bent on that ground, people are saying, "Oh no, you're crazy, um, you're just a conspiracy theorist. well, it turns out now that's a conspiracy fact, okay, and so yeah, when I uh suppose some of these things um there it's not for no reason, and we know um who gains from this. Um, the left has made a lot of effort, and of course, if you've watched the um, Dystopic Journal or the Liberty Relearn podcast over, particularly this last year, we've really concentrated on totalitarianism and authoritarianism and where these things, what causes them, and what feeds them, and so we know when we see things that we say, ha. Huh, this is probably intended to increase the level of free-floating anxiety in society or this is um, uh, intended to um, further reduce our uh, life's meaning our meaning of life um, through uh, diminishing either religion or the family or both and then of course you know, generalized loneliness, I think, uh, unfortunately, the internet takes care of that pretty much on its own, and so, again, uh, we're gonna stop there, and so, some things to think about, now maybe you'll see things in a different way, and then when you hear um, terms being coined, like, uh, tridemic that you never heard before, you know that um, whether intentional or not, it does serve the purpose of increasing uh, general anxiety among the populace, particularly among a susceptible third of the populace. And so we're going to leave it there. Um, we'll leave you think about that, and um, this will be a theme that probably will be returning to again and again as we you know we see other evidence that supports one of these four elements being increased apparently um, not accidentally through some policy and so thank you for watching and listening um, please follow the liberty online and please uh follow Liberty relearned on Facebook and at LR podcast on getter and please follow me JP Mac on parlor and also um, hopefully you'll see this on Rumble if I hope uh, not just this program but you know if you're um, you know, Rumble I think is a really good platform I'm not saying it's because I'm on it but uh, it doesn't interfere with what you want to produce the way uh, YouTube, for example, does. And so thank you. Watch us on Rumble and like and subscribe if you are. Um, and also, um, whatever, um, wherever you're getting this podcast, like and subscribe. And also tell your friends where the mouth is still the best way to... Um, Get the word out, and I think this is important that people understand the motives of what's going on in the world, what's being done in their name. When these they see these things, they can connect it to some uh, rational explanation for it, and know that's not just a random occurrence. In many cases, so thank you for listening and watching, and until next time, stay healthy, happy, and free.